This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Again, fellow basement dwellers, this is your good friend Patrick O'Dowd welcoming you into another edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Bandwagon Nerds is, of course, a part of the Chairshot Radio Network here on thechairshot.com, where we remind you to always use your head. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. And this week, I am joined by the OG Bandwagon Nerd panel. That's right. We've got the lawyer, David Ungar. We've got Mr. Saturday Night PC Tunney. And we have the returning Reverend Raymond S. Cashington Esquire, the 746,927th. And the audience happy that Raymond is back. Now, we are here, gentlemen, for part two of the nerdies. Because we still haven't come up with a better name, and we should have just gone with Tony's seven-page long name that would have taken up too much space on the website. 
and led to no end of a mountain of grief from one Greg DeMarco. How do you feel just about like the BWN awards and we can just call the, the award a nerdy? I mean, I guess we could, but I mean, bridge, bridge, it. bridge too far. We got a year to worry about it just, now, Tony. So. I know we got, we got part two, you know, last week we talked about things like our biggest disappointments, our favorite animated series and shows, movies, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, best streaming services i was the only one who went outside of the the picks i think you all didn't you all go disney plus or something and i did i went I, max you went max i went max tony, yeah tony you didn't go AJ. apple tv didn't Girl. watch enough apple tv uh yeah. to to declare it tony and dj because severance a, hasn't come back yeah. tony and dj had a party on the con- oh, oh that's right oh. that's right that's right that's right the cock as as many because, are known to do actually. oh jesus christ we're not this is an award show gentlemen i forgot to wear my tux today Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Not dressed for the occasion. It's only because because today out. today we are it's it is 25 degrees out here in New England uh, for those keeping score. After I record this podcast, I get to go remove snow because that's that's the joy that is living in New England in a snowstorm where we are at 10 inches and counting of snow. It's awesome. So going to shovel that up. But before we do that, we got we got part two of the nerdies. Before we get into uh this year's nerdies uh which we'll do after our after our first commercial break i did want to go to ray we've missed you i don't know if you had a chance to listen to part one of the nerdy did you did you catch any of it at all i have not no i normally i would lie to you and say i'm gonna listen to it but i'm serious i seriously did plan on listening to it when i had the time i just i have uh five days of vacation coming up here next week so oh that's exciting yeah. So we cover. I mean, last year, I you did this last year, so you remember. Uh, hopefully, you remember most of the categories. But here were here were some of the categories. I just I was hoping to hear from you some mm-hmm. of your opinions. Like, who was your top up and comer of twenty twenty three? Actor, actress, whoever. What was your favorite animated anything that you saw? What was your biggest disappointment? Because mine and I think mine and DJs were the same in that one. Um, and, and what was your top streaming service? Uh, so, of Throw some of those out to me. Which one you want to start? All right, well, let's start. Let's start with let's start with the downers. What was your biggest disappointment from a uh, from a show or movie in 2023? So I'm gonna be honest with you. Is I'm I'm gonna say Secret Invasion, not because it was disappointing to me, but because the rhetoric behind it feels like it almost was the thing that killed the goodwill of Marvel. Like that that felt like that was the show that was like the we've had enough, and that bothers me because I I rather enjoy Secret Invasion, but I I gotta say that off the top of my head. I explained uh, my my thumbnail explanation as to why I was disappointed in Secret Invasion last year is because of my tie to the source material and and not liking where they took it. That that was a problem for me. And I, I've mentioned on, on air and to you probably personally, Patrick and Dave, I, I imagine I hate the story of Secret Invasion. I, oh, I, I hate it. <laughs> I can't stand it. However, the reason I was excited for it on screen was because they couldn't go so far as the comics did. Because that would kill the MCU if they literally everybody was a scroll the whole time. So just right. having like people who were consequential but not consequential, I think made it work for me. But I I, I understand and I I agree with you that hey man, it didn't hit like it should have. For me, it did, but not for the populace. I apologize, Sarah. Still have some lingering effects of the COVID cough. It's really awesome. Oh, that shoveling today. So hear pauses. Oh, it's gonna be great for the lungs. It's gonna be awesome. Um. Okay, who would you say was kind of the biggest breakout star to you 
2023. If you had to pick somebody that you thought had a had kind of a big breakout year. Oh boy. Uh, um I'm gonna just throw some names off the top of my head. One like, dude like Dave Dave said Iman Vellani uh from Marvel. Yeah. Yeah, that's I picked a good her one. the year before, so I didn't pick her this year. Right, and, yeah. I, and I had explained that, yes, yeah, she was there the year before, but she really kind of came into a different level after the Marvels. Sure. And also, Dave, to be fair, the Marvels was her second acting thing ever. So I, I am perfectly comfortable with my choice. Rick. I don't agree. I don't disagree. She had a great, I, I think the world finally saw she's a superstar. If this would have, you're talking about a couple of years ago, this would have been maybe last year, the year before, I would have said Jarrell Jerome. That kid is amazing. But I'm going to I'm going to say a name that Marvel fans probably need to get used to. Coleman Domingo. Is that his name, right? Yeah. Victor Strand. If, if Victor Strand, true, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like like that like that dude there is an he's always been an amazing actor. Um if you don't know him from the Rustin movie, you'll know him from um being um Zendaya's uh um what's the dude when you are an addict and you call the person who's supposed to help you. Counselor? Uh, sponsor? Sponsor. sponsor. She was in, he was in there sponsoring uh, Euphoria. Uh, but yeah, that dude's about to be, he's always been a superstar, but he's finally going to start getting, I think, the acclaim nationally that he's always deserved. Um, Off the top of my head, I, yeah, I gotta really, that's when I'd by, have to. By the way, me. the Golden Globes, as we record this, the Golden Globes are tonight uh, airing on CBS. I, I, didn't even know i've forgotten this but my my breakout actor actor uh, was ayo edaberry uh who's in the bear uh she was the voice of april oh, yeah. ninja turtles she yeah. is nominated for her role in the bear uh, as best actress in a television series or best actor in a television series so, and my and my breakout was from the bear jeremy allen white because he was also an iron claw so the bear is a really good series <laughs> the reason watching. also so- nominated for best actor so that's a great that's a great one, Jeremy Allen White. But I didn't know this dude's been famous forever. Like well, I never watched Shameless, on, but he was a major yeah. part of Shameless. Oh yeah, yeah, I never yeah. Watched Shameless is another series. If you never watched it, it's just it's so so good. There's so many good actors in there, and yeah, he you'll go back and be like, oh my goodness, all these people are in all these different things now. So plus William H Macy is the star. Um, so I I did a search for best breakout star, um, and and for movies. In um, the New York Times, they have who actually picked that as my best act, but my best female actress for the nerdies today. So I'll let you know her name later. Cool. Um, all right. And while we're while we're wrapping up some of the some of the last weeks, your we we always do our best streaming service of the year. I went with Max. Dave went with Disney Plus. Tony and DJ from the Mindless Wrestling Podcast went with the Peacock. Ray, your streaming service of the year would have been what Pornhub. <laughs> it's not a service it's a website if we i could double the app there's, maybe there's, we could talk there's levels ray ray definitely doesn't get that ad supported here that's yeah. for sure no 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 i haven't i haven't have hey teach me your ways after the show's over tony <laughs> teach me your ways um i ain't gonna front with you dog yeah i'm not gonna like my answer i i I cannot give it to Max because I'm at the I'm almost at the verge of getting rid of Max. Like I'm that disappointed with Max. Like truly, they've 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 alienated me so much. I love Disney Plus. However, Disney Plus doesn't have a lot of replayability to me. Um and uh Peacock is cool, but I've probably enjoyed more things on Netflix this year than anything. I'm going with Netflix. There you go. Hey, another roll with that. 
So I don't know why you think we'd be mad at you. Like, well, I know Netflix gets and, a lot of a lot of stuff on the show, and and, looking, and other places. Looking forward to my so. ads on Netflix. By the way, my my ad supported Netflix tier, my ad my ads at Amazon Prime. Folks, you're just going back to cable. Enjoy your commercials. Um, okay. Netflix, so I'm fair enough. Before, hey Pat, before we move on though, I did yep. want I want to mention one thing. Last week, Tony and I gave our biggest surprise of the year to Barbie. And I know, Patrick, you and I actually, in the heels of that, went and actually watched the movie last week. And well, now you're spoiling the end segment of the fucking show, Dave. What are you doing? How's that the end segment of the show? That's what you're watching. Oh, I didn't know we were doing that this Okay. It's not on we the rundown. Last week. It's not on the rundown. But no, I, 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 I just... I had assumed it as well, Patrick. I was on your wavelength. Yeah. Boy, that Barbie, that Barbie... We'll be kissing, man. Some of y'all have been to school, and some of y'all have been playing hooky. This Ray, is, it's less of that and more of great minds think alike. Okay, no, this don't is, be- Ray. This is face tunny this week. Next week you'll be heel tunny again, so don't worry about Got it. Got because I'm uh, back, right? Because I'm back now. Uh, we'll see, we'll see what things. happens. We'll see what happens. Well, regardless of what happens next week, this week we are wrapping up the nerdies the BWN awards, whatever we end up calling this thing in perpetuity. Maybe we'll just change the name every year. That'll, that'll be fun. That'll be the gimmick. Uh, yeah. That's the whole thing. We'll just it'll be keep the, changing the name. So the that Tony can the look like next, he swallowed six lemons. The Tony's next year. There, there you go. Uh, anyway, we're going to take our first commercial break. When we come back though, we are going to get to it. We're going to kick it off with best series. So stay tuned to that. You are listening to bandwagon nerds here on the chair shot radio network. Part of the chairshot.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshop.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshop.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Bandwagon Nerds, part two of the Nerdies coming to you today. Patrick O'Dowd, Ray Cash, David Ongar, and PC Tunney going to give you our selections of our best of 2023. Make sure if you love what we do, if you love the Nerdies, if you want us to keep changing the name, or if you just want to hear your name on the show, head over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash chair shot. Invest in a chair shot shirt because, as I have said repeatedly, if you are the next person to buy a Bandwagon Nerds t-shirt off of ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot, we will publicly thank you on this show. It's only $19.99, or you can do like I do, spend a few dollars more, get it soft style, it'll feel great on your giblets. All right, gentlemen, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight categories today. Seven, eight, 27, 962. Seven. 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 Seven, 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 seven. Shout out to shout out Eight. to friends. Shout shout out to Monica. Categories to cover today. Wrapping up our best of the best of 2023. 
I have randomly determined our order of who is going to go first four categories, and then I will push things down through the order like we did last week. The first order of business this time around, Ray will go first, then myself, Dave will go third, Tony will bring up the rear, and we are going to kick it off. Last year, this category was best series streaming. I asked the question, and I went ahead and ran with the rule anyway. It doesn't matter if it's streaming or not streaming. If it's on television or if it's not, it doesn't really matter. So for the purpose of this, I think at the time, because we were calling ourselves the streamies, we wanted to keep things with like the internet. Didn't really make a lot of sense to me. And so this year, it is just best series. That could be a limited run series. That could be a series in perpetuity, maybe a season that you love. Doesn't really matter. Remember, folks, these are our picks, so they may not necessarily be your picks. And Ray is going to kick us off with his top series of 2023. Ray, what you got for us? Man, look, I I don't normally like to do chalk on these things and go with what seems to be the consensus or the favorite. But every now and then you see a show, you see a movie, you uh, ingest a thing, a product that's so good that doesn't matter what you say or do. You have to give it his credit. The Last of Us was just an amazing television show. It was enthralling. The Last of Us was also David. my pick, yes. And it's yeah. mine as I, well. I figured it would be. There's yeah. three of us. Triple nerdy. I figured. That's why I so, said I didn't want to go chalk. I wanted to do something nobody had thought of. But you got to go with what's the best. I, I, so Tony will have his moment to, to, to give his favorite. And it's actually serendipitous that Tony gets to go last in this first round of orders, actually, honestly, now there that you go. look at this. Uh, yeah, I sat there and I I, I, I I looked at the totality of the season. I thought about like I thought about talking about Blue Eye Samurai, but it really wasn't the best series that I watched. I, I could couldn't I couldn't say that with a straight face and, and be like honestly this was was the best. But it, it was it was I've never played the video game The Last of Us, but it, but from what I understand, it's basically the story of the video game, damn near note for note. You know, not entirely, but damn near note for note, uh, right down to the big twist reveal at the very end of, you know, in the in the season finale. It's just it was compelling television. And it was it reminded me of why I liked season one of The Walking Dead so much and, and the early seasons of Walking Dead in the in the concept of there's this horrible thing that has happened to humanity. But the zombies aren't the story. Secondary, it's background. it's the people in the journey and it's it's ellie and it's um i'm gonna forget pedro. what's pedro Pascal's character joel joel it's ellie and joel their relationship and their reliance on one another and their survival with humanity turning on itself and becoming horrible that is the story with fungus zombies as as the backdrop as to why we are in this predicament and that's what walking dead was for such a long time is that the walkers weren't the story it was the people, and that's what makes The Last of Us so so good. I mean, episode three with Nick Offerman. I'm, uh, you, and, I'm so glad you went there. That may be one of the best episodes and, of television I've ever watched in my life. And, and it's a, and it's an episode of television within the context of the series. It's both important and necessary. But yet, if you had removed that episode entirely, like you don't need their backstory. It's it's an isolated story. But it's mm-hmm. everything that makes the show great. That it's about. The people, and it's it's about how people responded in in crisis. So, yeah, one hundred percent, 
that was that it was it was funny you know beginning of this you know it was a series dropped in january and it, and it lasted the the year for me dave what about you what were, what were your thoughts what did you want to add about last of us before we hand it over to tony i you know i think i mentioned it to you guys <clears throat> you know you guys were talking about episode three one of the greatest episodes arguably of all time um the opening scene of the last of us still to me is one of the most powerful opening scenes in television streaming whatever you want to call it history because like the comparison to the walking dead is 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 there but you know with the walking dead you never really know what happened with last of us you know exactly what happened and they wrap it around in a way that you think hey wait a second (laughs) could this actually that you actually start researching is this possible and it's like probably not but just the way that the that first scene and the way that the tone of the entire room shifts when he says one line, what if the world were to get a little bit warmer? And you think of everything starts flooding into your head at that moment. But yeah, the, the relationship between Joel and Ellie uh, is, is you know, the relationship of this father-daughter-ish sort of thing by the end of it. And then, yeah, and when it's all over and he, he has to kind of lie to her, you know, that sort of thing. Um, where does that lead us to to season two? But it is... It is a there's it, to me this wasn't close. I mean, it was the last of us, and then you can call it chalk if you want to. Nothing else came close to this series, and it is the first truly great adaptation of a video game to uh, a television medium. You haven't seen that before, and you're right. There Good are point. Par- there Good are parts point. where they mimic. You know, they've got screen by screen comparisons. I mean, even the street signs and stuff like that. Or the first episode was literally shot for shot. It was. It was, and I. You know, they. They couldn't have cast it any better. So, yeah, I can't wait for season two. And and I hope it comes sooner than later. And, and how that follows The Last of Us Volume 2, I, I, did, I didn't play all of the first one, but enough of it to realize, wow, they really nailed this thing. The feel, the scenery, everything. So, yeah, it, it's that. And then everything's a distant second. Sorry, the episode Tony. with the little the episode with the little deaf boy. Yes. The episode when Ellie gets when Ellie gets abducted and has to beat the cannibal preacher. Like it's just she tries, so many. She tries episodes. to save the little kid and it backfires. Oh, yeah. oh there's yeah. so just so, so much many hard so much heartbreaking but stuff. Here's one thing I want that episode uh, you guys right, are talking about that episode you guys are talking about talk with you, episode though. three was so good yeah. that all the homophobic assholes out there couldn't drown it out. That's Been how good it. that episode was. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. It was very good, uh, and I'm gonna agree with you, Tony. It's your turn. We we got to wax poetic. Uh, probably could do an entire show waxing poetic about Last of Us. What um, what was your series of 2023? My series of 2023 was the fourth and final season of Succession um, on Max, and it's the story of the Roy family, who uh, Logan Roy, who is the head of Waystar slash Royco. Uh, media conglomerate and it is all the politics and red tape and dark underbelly of owning such a global corporation in that business along with the politics and and the inside family things the cast is ridiculous brian cox plays logan roy um the kids jeremy strong kieran culkin sarah schnook as as um siobhan is excellent her husband played by matthew mcfadden the 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 uh tag along cousin uh, played by Nicholas Braun. Alan Ruck is in this movie as the oldest son who was uh, in in like a he's he's trying to be a presidential candidate. And it's almost laughable just because of his family stature. He's not really qualified. So it's such a fun, 
fun series. Uh, Alexander Skarsgård comes in at the end and is the, the main villain at the end. But it's a great story over four seasons, some phenomenal acting. And whether you relate to the politics, the business, or the family problems, it's it's a really fun watch. Yeah, and that was a that was another. By the way, Max, HBO, and Max strike again uh, with, with quality series. But uh, didn't they turn everything on its ear because everybody expected the Brian Cox character to die, but he dies like episode two or three of that season? Spoiler alert! It's it's fun. It's a good watch. I'll just I don't want to spoil anything for anybody. I enjoyed everything. I thought the first two seasons were the best, but the way they wrapped it up was pretty cool as well. Yeah, I, can tell I, you, I Kieran, know it's really good. It's a, it's a show I intend to watch. Kieran, the kids are awesome. Kieran Culkin, um, Jeremy Strong, and Sarah Schnook, along with Alan Ruck, they're the four kids of the family. And the way they interact and their different separate characters is just, it's very adult. There's a lot of humor, but there's also a lot of suspense and drama. Nice. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about this show. So I, uh, I look forward to watching it uh, at some point. It just hasn't been a high priority to me. All right. We're going to segue out of best series and head into our best male performance comma series. Speaking of chalk, this guy had a year. Some people are kind of tired of him now based on how big of the year and his name everywhere. He can't escape it. I'm sticking with last of us and Mandalorian. Pedro Pascal was my, was my best male performer, uh, namely in the last of us as Joel, uh, but he has also been tearing up as Din Djarin for a while. And his uh, season four Mandalorian also ran this year. Everything has been coming up Pedro Pascal in the last couple of years. And this was just yet another one. But his role as Joel, as the reluctant bodyguard uh, of Ellie to being the father of the child, he, you know, you know, losing a child, then becoming a father all over again to to Ellie as the series goes on was was terrific he was phenomenal and uh i just he was he was my guy he was my top choice for uh male performance in a series dave what say you i almost went with him uh it was i really thought about him but i'm gonna go with tom hiddleston for loki as my best male performance um and i i think because of just the job he's done with that character over time and then specifically this season where you get to see him transition into this full-on hero. Um, his his performance as the, as the season went along, you know, vacillating between comical, between maniacal, between mischievous, and then hero at the end. Um, I thought that was just a touch better than Pedro Pascal. But yeah, that was that was it was very close between those two guys. Yeah, I I almost put Hiddleston in there as well. It was also just a nice culmination to what many believe is the culmination of a Marvel career for, for Tom Hiddleston as well. He's been doing interviews since Loki season two drop. And it sounds very much like he is, he is done with the role. He is not coming back. So can't really argue against that choice. PC Tunney, your I mean, actor for 2023 in a series. Loki has to get the credit here. Uh, um, with the series that they've they've given us this last season was excellent from from you know Owen Wilson and and um, obviously Hiddleston and Ki Hui Kwan, but mine is going to be Jonathan Majors as Victor Timely, and I don't care what's going on, but that dude just was phenomenal. He stood out more than anybody in that series. I think I stole Ray's thunder, and he's not happy with me at all. No, I'm not picking Jonathan Majors, but I'm like, oh. Wow. 
but that's who I'm picking. I'm just I'm going by performance, and by performance, I thought he was the best in a streaming series this year. Good pick. Wow. We 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 spoke very highly of Jonathan Majors during our coverage of you, so I can't I can't fault you for for regarding the performance the way you did. Um, Ray, I'm going to hand it over to you though for your best of 2023 actor in a series. Well, all three of y'all, all three of y'all made fantastic decisions, made fantastic choices. But I'm going to pick a guy who is a little under the radar, even though he's probably one of the favorites in this category. And particularly for me, I've never watched the show, but his performances, the word of mouth based around his performances, and the fact that this show has went from a little-known show to being the one show everybody says you have to watch. I'm going to pick Jeremy Allen White from The Bear. I, I, I think there's, I don't have a lot of time in my life. As you guys know, I've got kids, I'm, a couple jobs, all this. Very rarely is there a show that makes me say, man, I need to watch. And based off of his performances, based off the TikTok reels you see, or the uh, little clips on Instagram or YouTube or Twitter, and um, all of the rhetoric around him as an actor, him as that show. And that show, quite frankly, is his show. This is not an ensemble. They have great actors on that show, but it is his show. Um, I got to get a board of credit, and I know he won't get enough credit as he deserves. Um, I'm sure he will now since he's playing Carrie, uh, Von Eric. But um, I, I got to go with him, man. Like, if, 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 if we were dealing with all Disney shows, and I know FX is owned by Disney, but it, you know what I'm saying, then maybe I would have went with a bigger name, but sometimes you got to go with the little guy. Hey, no, you're right. That show's getting a ton of traction. People are really, really excited about it. Uh, I've had multiple people tell me I have to see it, and I know he's the driving force behind that. So no argument here from the bandwagon. With that, we are shifting quickly, moving right along into our best Female performance in a series. David Ungar kicking us off this time. Who is your pick, sir? Best female. Well, I'm going to pick something. I'm wondering if you're going to go with me on this one, Pat, but it is uh, Bella Ramsey. No, no way. I got you. I'm with you, Dave. Bella. Yeah. For uh, Pat, are you there or did you do somebody different? I went somebody different because I went with Pedro Pascal, an actor, Um, and did not want to double dip. I'll I'll start, then I'll turn it over to Ray real quick. But yeah, she just killed this role. I mean, her progression as Ellie from the range of everything she does in that show is beyond phenomenal. You know, I, I mean, she's got any emotion you want to deal with, any feeling you want to deal with, any sort of situation you want to put her in. Um, she's a survivor. She's a fighter. She's you know in love. She's you know confused. Everything that's going on. She's you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, Neo in the matrix, you know, what do you do if you're being told basically you're going to save all mankind? She's in the same boat, you know, you basically say you are the only hope to save all of us. Um, but yeah, as young as she is and you know, the future in front of her and just the job she did, it just, it's her like, this is, this is another one that was not that close for me, but, um, I'll turn it over to you, Ray, your thoughts on Bella. Completely agree. Completely agree. I don't, I don't think this one was close. I did struggle though, like you did, Patrick. With I couldn't give both of all three of the awards to the Last of Us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but when I compared Pedro and Joel's character to Bella and Ellie's character, I think about this: Pedro in his fifties, dog. He should be this good. He should be able to emote the way he does and 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 bring all of this, all of all of the 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 backstory to these characters. Bella just turned twenty, bro. 
and the things she went through in this movie and the show and the emotions she like. So we talked about clearly we've mentioned the Nick Goffman episode, which is in the Hall of Fame. Got to be. And we even talked a little bit earlier about the episode with the little boy and her trying to save the little boy. But the last the second to last episode of the season, when she gets um, abducted by the preacher. Right. And that episode where she has to fight the dude off because he's trying to kill her to eat her. And then decides he wants to, you know, get a little piece. I ain't talking about food. It's like just that episode and the way she walked out completely almost catatonic. Like that girl is amazing. I don't think it's I didn't think it was close with respect to you guys' choices, because I know we have great performances. Bella was amazing, dog. I got to give it to, to Ellie. Yes. Bella Ramsey was terrific. Um, and she just continues to knock it out of the park with like every acting role that she gets an opportunity that's put in front of her. And I, I don't think that'll change anytime soon. Uh, I, I have somebody that's uh, from a series that none of you watched. So uh, we'll go with uh, Tony. It's your turn next in the rotation, your uh, best female performance in a series for 2023. Mine actually comes from my biggest disappointment this year, which was the cancellation of winning time, the rise of the Lakers. Um, uh, and it's the, it's Hadley Robinson who played Jeannie bus. Um, last year I had John C. Riley uh, as Jerry bus and my favorite actor in a streaming, but she just grew into this role and plays it so well. A young genie bus. She's a very attractive young lady comes off extremely smart and ambitious. And they really tell the story of genie bus. And she does a great job of showing the relationship that she's had with her father and the love of basketball and how it's grown with her. It's too bad that this series has gone. Quincy Isaiah and Solomon Hughes did a great job of playing magic and Kareem. I know Ray would attest to that. He liked the series as well. Uh, but one of my favorite underrated things this is probably the last time I'll ever get to talk about this series is uh, Jason Clark as Jerry West. Um, if you get a chance to watch this series, it's hilarious. It's, it's, um, it's eye catching. Uh, Hadley Robinson uh, is my uh, female streaming performance for uh, winning time. She did a great job. I, I fully intend to watch this series as well. I, I, I truly you. do. I, I truly do. And when you do, the first thing you'll do is you'll message Ray and I together and be like, hey, guys, I finally watched this. So you have a treat in front of you at some point, Patrick, two seasons of absolute gold. But you have the uh, you have the uh, the uh, uh, bonus of knowing ahead of time it's only two seasons, because <laughs> when you're done watching, you'll see what we mean, where they could con continue this story, go into the right. Bulls, go into the Lakers again. Um, it, there's just so much meat on the bone that they lost. Hopefully someone else will pick this up. Yeah, you, you never know. And. God, who knows what is what is permanent and real with with Max in there. It, it was funny, Ray, when you talked about, you know, you just couldn't pick Max because you're so angry at it. The and and that's me paraphrasing paraphrasing. So if I'm putting words in your mouth, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. But no, that's that's fair. For all for all of its flaws and all of its problems, and David Zaslav being the worst trash CEO human being on the planet. The thing that the reason I picked Max as the streaming service that I picked was because it's where I went. And now he can't hear me because he's adjusting sets it. But it's it's the it's the it's the streaming service I went to when I when I was looking for something to watch anytime and every time over the course of the year, whether it was to pull something out that I'd already seen or HBO just has the series. Like I think that that's the thing that's really tough is and what's frustrating for us as fans is the quality of series that. HBO owned and Warner Brothers owned properties are 
to see them get created and then shipped off or canceled or or put away or you know now we're seeing images of a wily e. coyote movie that now is back on after being off it makes it hard but at the end of the day i gave them my time and, and so that's why i picked max back when i picked max i think the underlying thing you're the point you're trying to make without exactly saying the one part is hbo series since since sopranos there's always been a really good hbo series and that lineage has been just unmatched by any other network that puts out series of that nature well yeah the only other network that i would argue comes close but nobody gets it is showtime uh showtime puts out some really high quality series that nobody watched watch I mean, like that's the thing is nobody watches showtime and stars if, you, stars if, I, if we sat here and threw out the hbo series though i mean it's bad it's like it's banger after bang i mean Dude, like it's, well, it's the last of us was a max oh, no, was on, not, it was on max I'm, that's an hbo series i don't disagree yeah. with you at all yeah one nobody would talk about that probably deserves some, some love on this in this uh award show barry with um yeah um god what's my boy name oh bill hater yellow jackets is on showtime great show people need to check it out anyway all right, so that brings it to me. My best feel performance in a series. I raved about this series in October when I started watching it. I begged you guys to watch it. None of you watched it. Uh, it was the limited run series on Netflix, Fall of the House of Usher. And Carla Gugino as the Raven and the connecting thread throughout the entire Netflix series is, first of all, Carla Gugino is one of those people that you have seen in movie and movie and series and film time and time and time and time and time again. And you're like, oh, yeah. I know her. She's great. And then we forget about her. And this to me was the the reason I could get like, she poured so much into this role as basically an avenging angel against the Usher family. Like she, or the devil almost. I don't, I don't even know how to properly describe it where she makes a, de- a deal with Roderick and Madeline Usher that, that then this whole series is all about her collecting on the price that they paid by begging her to make them rich and famous. And she's, she's delightful in it in the way that she is manipulative, the way that she is always just sort of controlling them, even as this family is like clinging to the hope that they will remain who, you know, remain in power. And it all culminates with this beautiful final episode where because of her role and the, the nature of the story, um, they, she has to kill all the offspring of the, of these two siblings. And there's a granddaughter who is pure and is good and actually is instrumental in trying to bring her grandfather and his empire down. And she has this emotionally just beautifully charged scene where she tells this girl that even though she's dying, here are all the great things that are going to happen because of what she did. It's amazing. And She's just a great actress, and um, I thought this was a terrific, terrific role that she's not going to get recognized for uh, anywhere. Like, you're not going to see her nominated for awards. Go, I loved Fall of the House of Usher. I loved it. I, I, I will speak to it for days, if you let me. It's really worth the watch. My wife watched it, and she went on and on about how great it was. So it's something that I'm going to have to check out as well. Yeah, do yourself a favor, whether you're an Edgar Allan Poe fan or not, or just a horror fan in general, it's a terrific, terrific series. I burned through all eight episodes in less than 48 hours, and I never binge watch. So that that was how good that series was. All right, 
We are moving right along, fellas. We have hit our first half. Uh, we have wrapped our first half of uh, this second part of the Nerdies. We're going to take our second commercial break. When we come back, we're going to start talking some movies. Best actors in movies, best movies of the year, and then we'll wrap it all up with the biggest nerd story of 2023. Stay tuned for all of that on the back end. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, part of the Chairshot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Welcome back, everyone, to Bandwagon Nerds. You are listening to The Nerdies Part 2. I am joined by Ray Cash, PC Tunney, David Ungar. We just covered our top series of 2023, and our top actors and actresses in those series. We're now going to flip the page and start talking movies. Continuing with our order, our rundown, PC Tunney is going to talk to us first and give us his best male performance in a movie for 2023. Uh, I've been a big fan of this guy for a while now. Um, I can't remember the name of the movie from last year with Colin Farrell. um, And it was the Irish movie. And it was kind of a what? Was it in Bruges? Was that it? Yes. In, yes. That was an excellent movie. And Barry Keown was in that. Barry Keown is also in Saltburn. And if you want to watch some very crazy adult thriller comedy, uh, watch Saltburn and Barry Keown. Uh, this is just an excellent movie. Uh, uh, I'm trying to see who else. Jacob Elordi and Rosamund Pike, along with Allison Oliver, they just make up the, these this family of. Uh, that's of descent in England and they own a castle and it's called Saltburn and Barry Keown plays this, uh, you know, middle-class family kid that worked his way up to get to Oxford and he befriends someone of this royalty. And when he gets invited to the Saltburn, the castle for the summer, very adult and very odd things happen. Um, and there are so many twists along the way. I can guarantee you guys that if you watch this with your significant other, you will definitely be getting lucky that night. Saltburn is a very fun, erotic comedy thriller, uh, and Barry Keown is amazing in it. I can guarantee you if you watch this, you will be texting me going, you were absolutely right. Those nerds who actually saw The Eternals know who uh, would remember Barry Keown is uh, is actually one of my favorite characters in The Eternals. I love not just, that. Not just Eternals, if you've seen The Batman, wink, wink. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Carrie Mulligan is this as well. Yeah, it's a it's a really strong cast, and everybody's been talking about Saltburn since it since it hit Amazon. So excellent choice, and he is he's a hell of an actor. He's been terrific in just about everything he's done ever. Ray, who is your top male performance in a movie for twenty twenty three? I decided to jump outside the box a little bit. Okay, I picked the bear from Cocaine Bear. Oh my god, really? No, I'm joking. Did you you did this on purpose? All right, you did this on purpose. (laughs) You were begging for the food. You know, I'm called the number one chair shot villain, and that was the most heelish thing we've seen I, on the show in a while. All I'm, all I'm saying troll. is, we, we know how notorious, how notoriously bad animals are for, with when you have to act. On top of that, to play the different ranges you have to have of being high when you're not really... I, the, the, look, the bear acted his ass off. 
But if I have to pick a more conventional pick, <laughs> thank you for the laugh, Dave. That baby, that 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 popped me. Uh, Kelly Murphy. Kelly Murphy. I mean, from Oppenheimer. Yeah, come on, man. Like, um, it was the full frontal, wasn't it? Thank you. Um, I'm here Eric Yone has about a minute and a half dance scene where he's fully nude at the end. So there you go. Well, then, right. then maybe this is the recurring theme. Damn. Of best mill. Is it? Is this BW in the dirties after dark? What's it's going on here? The total pack. It's back. Uh, it's anyway, back. Go, please resume your talk about Killian Murphy and, and his role at Oppenheimer. Simple, simple, simply put it like this. Um, Christopher Nolan is a guy that I think all of us who are in tune with some form of major media and cinema all respect as one of the biggest dudes out there when it comes to cinematography and directing. When this dude comes out and says, I wrote this role for him, he's the best actor I've ever worked with. When you hear that out of this man's mouth, put you on notice. I don't need to say much else. Also, hey, if you guess you didn't know, they dropped a bomb in this movie. Did y'all know that? Literally. I heard rumors. Literally. Something about that. Wow. Hmm. I wasn't prepared for I, that. I gotta, I gotta say, it's, I mean, Killian Murphy and Christopher Nolan have been working together uh, in his films for many, like, Killian Murphy is in all three of the Dark Knight trilogy movies that Christopher Nolan directed. He was in um, uh, shit, um, Inception, like, he's a major character in Inception. He's obviously the primary character in um and Oppenheimer, I do not know if he was in the Tenet. which one was he in Tenet? I don't know if he was in Tenet. But he was in Shutter Island, right? He, he was yeah, he was Island. somewhere in Shutter Island. Uh, and he was in was he in the um, the war film that that um, oh Dunkirk was he in Dunkirk? Yes, I don't remember because was, I remember the but they're very tied. They're Stiles. inextricably tied. Like they yeah. have they have had a very strong working relationship. They enjoy working for each other. But Gillian Murphy is a is a hell of an actor. He's a terrific actor. You can't go wrong. So, uh, yeah, that's an excellent choice. And Oppenheimer, I, I'll be interested to see what happens Oscar time, seeing as it got snubbed in a few categories, and I'm surprised it got snubbed, like uh, like sound editing. Like, the fuck? How do you... How do you... Anyway, that's a whole other... That's a different conversation for our Oscars preview show, which will, will be done in February. Um, my pick for best actor, I went thoroughly into the ner- nerd wheelhouse, I want Bradley Cooper. I want Bradley Cooper as Rocket, and Bradley Cooper carries Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Like it is, it is a movie about Rocket. It is not a movie about anybody else. It is, it is his story, and it is his past and history and narrative, and that story of him in captivity by the High Evolutionary, and and not wanting to go or not wanting to go back for the Guardians at the end uh, until he is until he is basically convinced to go back it was it's just amazing it was emotionally heartbreaking and the thing that has been terrific about you know we talked about this with tom hiddleston it was like a culmination of a character rocket's still in the mcu he's leading the guardians now so it's not like bradley cooper is necessarily done with the mcu but this definitely you know as with the whole james gunn chapter in marvel this felt like a a a culmination of work for bradley cooper at least with that page of the character, and so I I went with Bradley Cooper and Guardians of the Galaxy and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Good pick. Uh, you, you know that's 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 a great pick, but it's also bold considering how Bradley Cooper also is like had a major movie out this year called Maestro. Yeah, and I have not seen it yet, and so can't assess how he did in Maestro, and absolutely talk about how his portrayal as a talking raccoon has impacted me in the last you know seven years. Dave. 
So there was a um, specific reason I mentioned Barbie at the beginning of this show, because I had these categories figured out and then I watched Barbie and then this changed my mind. Ryan Gosling gets my vote for best male actor. Uh, His portrayal of Ken. And I've talked to Ray privately about this as well. We've chatted privately about this. Uh, Talk about owning a role and just and I think he's probably Ryan Gosling is very underrated. I'm thinking at this point in time as an actor, uh, the other Ryan gets a lot more press. And can we please have a movie with Ryan Reynolds and Ryan Gosling at some point in time and just watch it print its own money? So <laughs> um, I just thought his performance of Ken was just, you know, the everything that he does in that movie is is just because Barbie's like the Barbie stuff is it's just like window dressing. There's much deeper things going on. Ken portrays that deeper kind of like not realizing that the world is the real world's dominated by men until he gets there. And then he brings that back to the Barbie world and, and kind of corrupts that as well. So um, he just, he just, he kills, he kills this role in every way possible. So I, with all due respect to your guys, picks works are all fantastic. Uh, once I saw that, I'm like, that's it. Ryan Gosling gets my vote. You're very proud, sir. <laughs> are you proud? It's of all about now? horses guys. It's about riding horses, all about horses, the patriarchy. horses and the, trucks, the other yeah. page, the other patriarchy. Tony, have you seen Barbie yet? Yes. Okay. Tony, did you clearly enjoy Barbie impressed. at all? What's that? Did you enjoy Barbie? Did you hate it? or? It was good. Oh, that's the equivalent of fine right there. Fine. Did you hear that? <laughs> no, oh, no I, said it was, I would have said it was fine or K. I said it was good. It's just, it's just annoying a little bit. That's all. Wow. Okay. Um, you're really going to hate the when, I, when we get to the next category because we are. <laughs> <have somebody. laughs> I agree. With the per- no, no, no. I, I just, it, it just. It didn't hit. It wasn't for me. Like, I get what they did. It was good. I liked it. But it was just, it was slightly hey, annoying. I'll tell you so. this. I Am Ken is going to win Best Original Song. Ryan Gosling is going to win Best Supporting Actor. Yes. That's fine. We'll see. Um, I, I don't know that I'm sold on the on the Supporting Actor thing yet. We'll, we'll see what happens. The Academy is not known for, for taking risks. So... That's that's always my that's always my caveat. All right, it is now time. We are back to the top of the order. Ray Cat. Yeah, Ray was last. Did, oh, he was. Oh, my bad. Yeah, yeah Ray. It was uh, Killian Murphy. I did um, Bradley Cooper. Apologize. Yep. I'll be I'll be quiet for a little bit. Yeah. Well, hey, you got a little bit of time because we're back to the top of the order. So know your role and shut. Uh, yes. Wow, I was actually nice to him on this one. You guys were like, like I'm like polite. You guys are like, shut the fuck up, Tony. What's wrong with you? Anyway, back to the top with Ray Cash giving us his best female performance in a movie. Take it away, Ray. I would not be me if I didn't pick something that nobody else would pick. This is, uh, there's an indie film called A Thousand and One. Oh, I thought Fern Gully came out with something this year. <laughs> I already gave him a joke pick with The Bear, which, by the way, will be genuine if you'd give it a chance. Um, but no, starring the... Um, hip-hop dancer and, and uh, singer, Tiana Taylor. You may know her as Iman Shumpert's now ex-wife. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think of ways that you guys are recognized because you wouldn't know if I'm talking. I mean, I just, I just feel bad that those kids, you know, couldn't make a, a sports rapper, performer, marriage partner. Just Hey, man, you know, it'd be like that when, you know, look, any any basketball player, don't get married till you get till you retire. You know what I'm talking about? Word. Um but no, like in all in all seriousness, bro, this movie like takes a lot to make. It takes a lot to make your boy cry when watching the movie. This movie, like first and foremost, for knowing she's not a trained actress, 
she's acted in a lot of stuff, but like she was not classically trained. She was a rapper and a dancer. Um, but essentially the movie is um, she gets out of jail and tries to find her son who is essentially in the foster system. And uh, but turns out the twist you'll find out at the end of the movie, because you all never gonna watch the movie is she's not actually his mother. He was just a kid on the street who was getting beat up at home and she took care of him and just hid forever. And the story between them and her trying to make it and they're like in the heart of like Brooklyn and, you know, and just poor and she does hair and doesn't have any other skills. And it's a beautiful movie, dog. And uh, the back and forth between her and her son as he grows up. And then when he finds out she had been lying to the boy since he was like forever it's just a beautiful movie, and it's it's one of those movies that make you say, "Oh yeah, she gonna she she may not she may not be like one of the most popular actresses in the world, but she's gonna really make some noise in in this business." I would I would you again you guys are gonna watch, it, but those of you listening at home, I would say if you have an hour and a half, watch a thousand and one. It is if if you need to cry, if you need to feel something in in between where in between your chest muscles. That movie is amazing. Tiana Taylor, that was the best performance by a by a woman, female, all year. From, from. Sorry, I'm a little bit clamped. Um I know that movie that will make you that. Choke yeah. up. Well done. Um and not you said a little verklempt? Yeah, a little verklempt. I just can can we can we can we you got DP's bell for that? Like give that a bell, please. No. Tony's not. Even if it is a, a Yiddish he's, he's, he's not he's not, a your, he's not your dancing thing. monkey. Yeah, Teddy, we're stripping. Yeah. You're stripping your away your uh, Jewishness today. So there you go for not giving that. Tony, yeah, Tony, Tony, he's an honorary I'm, Jew. So Tony's an honorary I'm more Jew. Jewish than Tony. I'm German. Oh boy, before we before we walk. Oh my God. Oh Jesus Christ, you guys. <laughs> I'm German. What the fuck? <laughs> and I get to follow that up with my best female performance in a movie. Uh, I too watched Barbie over the last week, uh, and I went with Margot Robbie. I did too. And, and I mean, I, I, I will say this. I enjoyed Barbie very, very much. Uh, I recognize that this movie was not a movie aimed at me necessarily in the sense of like, like I shouldn't walk out as a, as a cis male feeling anything other than reflective because this is what this movie, like this movie was all about, yeah, and and Fox News can be pissy about it. It was about the patriarchy. It was about growing up in a patriarchy. And as a male viewer, it's important to understand what you're being told by Greta Gerwig uh, through the lens of this Barbie movie. And one of the things that I thought was very was so great about what Margot did in this movie was that she, I, I just loved how she tr- created this like completely blank slate character having to wrap her brain around the unfairness of it all and, and you know having having to wrap her brain around what the world really is and, and it was it was just put together so well like after she gets just lambasted by the the tween uh, at the school and, and is just she's confused she's hurt and the world isn't what she understands it to be you know, when she sits down and talks to Rhea Perlman as Ruth, which delightful cameo, by the way, just delightful, um, all the way to the very end where she is excited to 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 visit her gynecologist. It's it was terrific. It was an amazing performance. And she sells the, the world. She sells the performance. Like she makes the movie 
um, and the world that that you're experiencing, she makes it real. And I think it's awesome. And I think she was terrific. And so while I enjoyed Barbie very much, um, I think she's the well, the big reason why I did. Like I thought Ken was fun, um, but for me it was Margot. So that was my that was my pick. Dave, you you're after me, and you said you picked the same yeah same pick. So I really did not want to give both of these awards to Barbie, but you can't help it. And especially Margot's performance is arguably stronger than Ryan's. And it's interesting because you look at them and they're like, it's easy to just look at them and say, Oh, a couple pretty faces. There's no substance to them. There's no, there's nothing deeper there. And you'd be very wrong after watching this movie to say that about them. I mean, they even poke fun of it. Like, Hey, if you're going to, you know, make a, make a something about somebody being ugly, maybe don't cast Margot Robbie in this role, you know, that sort of thing. So it's even like some fourth wall breaking, but yeah, the from her journey from stereotypical Barbie and then understanding what the real world is and that everything she thought she represented really wasn't it and that she had been a cause of bigger problems than she had solved and kind of her coming to terms with this is what's really happening here. Um, yeah, she just she owned that role better than better than anybody I could think of. And I mean, she's I, I mean, I there's great female performances all year, but yeah, she stood out. And just, you know, dominated a, a a role that was, you know, your cast is Barbie. That's an unwinnable position. She won it. Can I ask you two a question on, on your picks real fast? Sure. How do you guys feel about America Ferrer's character and her role? Because I, I would argue that her role maybe may have been more impactful than even Margot's. I uh, I liked uh, what America for I loved that America Ferrer. I mean, it wasn't a hard twist to see, but I loved that she was the one that wanted to challenge and make Barbie more realistic, but it was because she loved Barbie so much that, that she wanted to keep that. She didn't want to lose that. I thought she was terrific. It's, I will, I will say this about the film in general, like all of the Barbies are so important to the success of that movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, America Ferreira represents this one type of, of little girl that grew up uh, on Barbie and her daughter being this contrast to it is a great little juxtaposition and wasn't exactly what I expected, but wasn't necessarily surprised. Like it didn't take me long to figure out who, whose memory Barbie was sharing and who, who was the one who owned quote unquote owned that Barbie it was, it was very good. I was well done. I liked it. Yeah. I'd, I'd agree with Pat on this one. I, I don't have a lot to add. She was, she was an integral character to help her transition from one phase to where she ends up at the end. So Tony. Who is your best female performance in a movie? Was it Margot Robbie in Barbie? It was not. Uh, uh, I'm going to give you the best female performance that's probably going to win at the Golden Globes. It's probably going to win at the Oscars. This might win Best Picture. And the film is Nyad, and the actress is Annette Benning playing Diana Nyad. If you have time, if you have two hours, put everything else aside. Watch this movie. It's un believable it is an amazing movie it is the story of diana nyad who was a world-class squash player uh, i believe tried out for swimming for the olympics and set records as a distance swimmer she swam around manhattan she did the english channel she swam from i believe the bahamas to florida and when she was 30 she was also part of the worldwide of wide world of sports she was a, a broadcaster for them she's wrote and written multiple books um And it's about her story after failing. Her stepfather was from Cuba and she failed when she was 30, the swim from Cuba to Key West. And 30 years later at 60 years old, she tries it again. 
This movie is unbelievable. I kid you not. It's one of the best things I've seen in a very, very long time. Jodie Foster plays her coach and longtime friend in the movie. This is based on a real story. Both these ladies are up for Golden Globes. I know that for sure. This is an amazing watch. Annette Bening, it might be the role of her life. She was phenomenal. I can't say enough good things about this movie. Risa Fons is in this movie as well as her navigator for this trip. You might remember him uh, from the, the replacements and the kicker, who I quote unquote was Wiry. Uh, this is such a great movie. Go watch it. Isn't he the lizard? <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man? He might be. He is the lizard, yes. But he is, uh, uh, he's the lizard in Amazing Spider-Man. He's a good actor. He's in a lot of good stuff. I'm underselling it. It's that good. Cool. I, you know, we'll we'll find out tonight, uh, or well, by the time this airs, we'll know. So it'll be uh, at least from a Golden Globe standpoint. But um, always a good precursor of what's to come. All right, that brings us to our best film of 2023. It's my turn to go first. This will surprise nobody. It's Godzilla minus one. You and I, um, you and I, Pat, are are in sync on this episode because it's me too. Um, I I tried to find a movie that it like like i sat for a long time because i didn't want to be i didn't want okay i didn't want pc time to be like well of course because i've talked <laughs> about this movie for so so long and so much and t- i'm just giving you a hard time but um from the moment this trailer the trailer for this movie hit I, I i saw something different and special about this film and it is created something for myself and connor uh o'dowd the little o'dowd himself that was really unexpected uh, because Godzilla minus one blew his ass away in the theater. And it's a movie where Godzilla is in the movie for maybe 45 minutes of the entire runtime. Uh, because the movie is gets back to the heart of what Godzilla films were and uh, ha- ha- have always been. And that is about Japan and about Japan's um, reactions and aftermaths to World War II. The original Godzilla is a complete allegory for the bombing of Nagasaki and Hiroshima and United States nuclear weapon testing in the Pacific and and Japan. Like it's a very, like it's interesting. If you go back and watch the original Godzilla and don't watch Godzilla King of the monsters with uh, Raymond Burr, that is the same movie with Raymond Burr and dubbed uh, actors and they soften the movie. The original Godzilla movie is very much an anti-American film. It is, it is all about, the harm that nuclear weapons did to Japan and Godzilla represents that in Godzilla minus one. It is all about the failings of Japan uh, in world war two. And, and I think I said world war one in the, in the first, it's world war two. But uh, it's such a, it's such a great compelling story wrapped in this narrative of, of Godzilla and the horrors of war and Japan's own sort of failures and sins. Shin Godzilla also, which was the 2016 uh, Toho Godzilla film, also or 2019, something like that. It's also very much uh, about the failings of Japan in in the wake of, of a nuclear world. And, and this is the same thing, uh, but it's set back in the backdrop of World War II and how the Japanese government failed its own people. It's it's amazing. It's a, it's a terrific film. It's a shame that um, I don't know where it's going to be, if it's going to win anything in any award season at all. It's not nominated for a Golden Globe, and I think that's a travesty. Uh, but that's just me. 
It's not even nominated for foreign language film, which pisses me off. Like, did it come out too late? Was that why? Did it come out too late? No, I don't think so. Released in early December. It was in Japan, and it was released in Japan in like the summer. So it's been around. Yeah, for me, as great as Barbie was, as great as like Guardians Three was, it's Godzilla minus one. And then, and for a lot of the reasons you said, Pat, it's and I think we've talked about it when we talked about it after we both had seen it that the and actually was talking about it last night at dinner with some friends was that um we've all mentioned how the kaiju movies tend to suffer when they shift the focus to the humans and shift it away from the monsters and this movie is the first one i've seen that perfectly balanced that you're as interested in the human story as you are in what godzilla is doing in japan and to pull that off as well as it did in a foreign film with subtitles where you really don't even notice the subtitles by the time you get to the end is just a testament to how great this movie was and I, it just i you know and bringing godzilla in a, in a manner in a way that we haven't seen him yeah you've seen Gar- godzilla before but his atomic breath is literally a nuclear blast and not this watered down stuff that you see in these other movies it like it is a nuke going off so you know i, I think like you're saying it is representative of the failings of japan and them coming to terms with that like in the trailer you know that got that scene that monster will never forgive us well the monsters of the united states yeah, we're not going to forgive you for Pearl Harbor. That was all ingrained in that whole thing. And and it's, 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 yeah, I mean, the fact it's not nominated for anything is beyond a travesty. But I'm with you. I did not see a better movie in 2023 than Godzilla minus one. So that's myself and Dave. Tony, what was your best movie of 2023? Guardians of the Galaxy is my favorite now uh, comic book movie of all time. I thought it was excellent. I thought the holdovers with Paul Giamatti, um, who else is in there? Uh, Dominic Sessa and Divine Joy Randolph is something that needs to be watched. But Nyad is just an amazing movie and evokes so much emotion. It's so well done and and the actors are phenomenal. So I got to give it to Nyad. Excellent. I I look forward to it. By the way, I just looked. It's not nominated for Best Drama in Golden Globes. It's an amazing movie. No, I, I don't doubt it. It's just it's. It's fascinating some of these films that that I feel like should, the holdovers got nominated, but yeah, I don't, uh, I don't get it. I, I really don't. Uh, was with a, a couple of these just based on what we've heard. Ray Cash, uh, oh, your hey. turn. Yep, hey. your best film of twenty twenty three. I went with the movie I knew and expected you to go with, Patrick. Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. It was my best animated feature in the. I uh, think it's the, the previous, best movie of the, the year. Show. I think I I think these 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 Spider Verse movies specifically the first one was amazing but this one here the first one cinema, from a cinema, from a cinematic standpoint can't be touched but this one here and the story involved and and everything and to the the multiple characters and going to the different worlds and man God bless Haley Steinfeld and Gwen Stacy I think if this movie would have been live action it'd be a no brainer to everybody. Because it's animation, and I'm not speaking to us, because we don't have that bias where a lot of people have the bias that they still see animation as cartoons. Instead of animation, is just another form of cinematography. I think the world would be saying this was the best movie of the year. I think the world would be saying that um, my boy that played Miles should be up for best actor, or when, or Haley Steinfeld should be up for best actor. But because it's animation, it doesn't get the love it deserves. With that being said, cinematically, from a plot standpoint, from a character standpoint, from a direction standpoint, even as we've spoken about specifically with the last one, but this one is 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 um, relevant too. From the standpoint of 
sound and the soundtrack. It is just as perfect a movie as you can. The only negative is we expected to see the end and forgot there's another one next year. That's the only negative that they're making us wait to see the end next year. It's amazing. I mean, I, mean, I didn't, but my, my, the little O'Dowd certainly did. He was mad. He, he was mad when he cut off. Oh, my, my feelings was mad hurt, bro. Me and the kids was like, oh, that's well, it? I, uh, I said this on the, previous, on the previous episode. Very rarely does the little O'Dowd come back to a movie and sit down and watch it if it's on. He's, he came back to the couch and, and watched, rewatched Across the Spider-Verse. He watched it on the plane to Orlando when we flew uh, off to Disney World. He um, he loves that movie. He he thinks my he 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 is with me that Miles Morales is the best cinematic Spider-Man that that exists. So I mean, I gotta say, um, bro, I'm I'm starting to agree. I'm I I, I I mean, you guys know how I felt about the first one. Like I said it here uh, on this show. I said that it was the best Spider-Man movie ever made. So uh, you will not get a lot of pushback from me on across the spider-verse i i can't explain to you why it was magic to watch godzilla minus one and why and i I talked about like the the, in in particular when godzilla destroys um one of the cities and the way that he just from charging up his his breath to yeah it's just it's it's amazing and it's terrific all right dave you get to kick off our final category of the nerdy sir by telling us, and I'm sure you are not going to be alone on this one if, unless I miss my guess, what was the biggest nerd story of 2023? It came down to two of them. I'll give you mine, and maybe the other one will come up as well. But for me, this is relatively recent. We did not get a chance to cover it because we were on our holiday break, basically. But it is uh, Jonathan Majors getting convicted and fired by Marvel. That Same. Is- that was my biggest, and I, I'm pretty sure I know what the other one is, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure Pat's going to go in that direction. Um, and with all due respect to that choice, uh, Jonathan Majors, and from the standpoint of whatever he did or didn't do is, is one thing. The bigger impact that this has, the ripple-down effect of, of where this leaves the MCU at this point in time um, is can't be understated because everything that they thought they were going to do is now in limbo. Kang dynasty. Here's where we're going. Now it's in limbo. Tony talked about Jonathan major's performance, which I agree with you, Tony, his performance in Loki was magnificent. Um, this leaves such a big, huge gap in the MCU. And where do they go? Do we go with Kang? Do we recast him with a Domingo Coleman, right? Or did I get that back? Coleman Domingo. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking completely reversed it. He's one of the rumors for, you know, maybe recasting Kang in, 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 you know, using him for that. But I think from the standpoint of, where the MCU is with the year that they've had this year, very up and down and mostly down um, to leave on that note with this big void with, with Jonathan majors gone as Kang and where this leaves the MCU, where do we go from here? How do we, you know, are we going to bring in doom? Are we going to bring in Galactus? Who's the next big bad? So much uncertainty by this uh, conviction and firing. Um, It's in, from our standpoint, from the nerdosphere, I don't think there's a bigger story this year. Um, do you mind? So so we have the same one. Yeah, mine too. Yeah, go ahead. Um, you said it perfectly, but I want to expound on just on the seriousness of him losing out on the the, the character of Kang. Let's not let's not, let not be understated that this was the best tr- year, twelve months of his career. This man main this main event. I'm sorry, wrestling <laughs> fan. This man uh, went opposite Michael B. Jordan and his 
movie, Creed, Creed 3, and stole the show. All of the things that he's done before that, um, the Lovecraft country was was a big, and just so being Victor Timely and all these things, the movie with um, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, being Kang and that. But let's break it down in a way that is takes away characters, takes away actors, and just look at it on paper. One of the biggest and most powerful, maybe the most powerful movie studios built a two-year arc around one person. And that person lost that arc after filming three roles as that character because he got convicted, not even about four convictions, two of the four, of some domestic dispute that many argue wasn't even a real thing. That's huge. That is a that 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 is massive. And I and I I don't want to. I'm pretty sure I know what the other option is going to be with this, which is just as big a deal, if maybe bigger in the current uh scheme in like current day. But this is I don't think you can get as big as this when it comes to impact because this won't just an impact impact things now. That dude may not have another major movie for another ten years if ever. Marvel had their Avengers movie five, Avengers five and six, the whole phase, but particularly five named after this dude, that's, that's possibly going to change, right? They've already changed the name of the movie, the working name. Marvel's already on a critical downturn. Who's to say this isn't the linchpin that changes the MCU from now until forever. Like this could be, we could look back at this moment five, 10 years from now and say, well, this was the moment where it all changed. And so, yeah, it, I don't think it gets any bigger than that personally. No, that's fair. And right, I talked about this. So when the news broke, yeah, Bandwagon Nerds was we had pre-recorded a back-to-back episode, or we had, we had pre-recorded the episode that was that was airing, and then literally like days after we recorded the episode, the news drops, uh, and there just wasn't a place to do sort of an emergency podcast where we could get everybody together to to re- react and respond to it. And uh, Craig Demarco was actually generous enough to allow me space on his show to talk about it. Uh, a little bit. The funny thing is the people that are on this show got to talk about it because you did it on the Greg DeMarco show. And then the next day pot is war aired and the rest of us did it there. So we did actually get to talk about right. it on the network. So it just, didn't, it just didn't get covered on the show that people would have expected it to get covered on. Uh, but we did, we did find a way and uh, you're right. Like there is no denying that Marvel is at a proverbial crossroads. And um, I'm sure, I, I don't know what uh, Tony goes next in sort of the, uh, the order of, of who who um, gives their winners. Um, so I'm going to give him the floor here in a second. But there there is a there's a lot that Marvel needs to do and, and the MCU needs to do. And it'll be interested to see what's next for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Sonny, what was your biggest nerd story of 2020? I think that none of what we just talked about for the last episode and plus, you know, almost two episodes even matters if there's still a strike going on because nothing else is happening. But more importantly, yeah, but I, even more importantly than the way I just prefaced it there, um, I have it written down in my notes, biggest nerd story of the year. Uh, PC Tony was right. Strike ends for holidays. He's got a point. Anyway, stop it. Stop it. Anyway, good for you. You, you, we did say on the show, we would acknowledge that you predicted it correctly and it, it was over before Christmas, so there you go. Enjoy your flower. Here's here's why I picked this over the Jonathan Major story. 
the ramifications and the results of the Writers Guild Association and SAG After Strikes are going to play a significant role in Phil, all of Phil, and really what was the linchpin and the reason behind these strikes is the ever-evolving technologies that we have when it comes to making movies, whether that be the use of AI for writing and writing credits, whether it's streaming services and the revenues that people should rightfully earn through a streaming service if your work is consistently streamed and that just being a thing that's not tracked, um, that it's leading to other aspects of the entertainment industry now unionizing and possibly going on strike themselves. I'm looking at UVFX artists. Like, Ray, you talked about Marvel. It's like every Marvel VFX company is unionizing. Yeah. And and we have read the stories. Not to mention about Victoria the demands, got fired. Yeah. Right. The the demands that have been put on these companies to produce quickly. And you know, we've even talked about it that this scheduling has been such that it has really deteriorated the quality of some of the products that come out of the MCU, particularly in the streaming shows. So all of that, and to just know that this is going to have this greater impact on filmmaking going forward, put it as the biggest nerd story of 2023 for me, because what we do are films. Like, and, and, and what we, we, most of what we talk about is, yeah, we cover a series because it's fun to do and it's easy to do. But at the end of the day, it's, it's film that, that and movies and, and, and that trickles down to everything. And I, and this isn't done guys. Like this was just a first step. More is coming whether it's through special effects artists, whether it's through other other unions going to the negotiating table. This, this is, it just is far from over. And we are in a special period in entertainment history to witness what, what the future is going to be and what it's going to look like. And it, I think that we're in a critical period right now that, that is almost make or break for as our good friend, um, oh gosh, what's his name? He's really annoying. He's got that, that silky smooth velvet voice. We make fun of him all the time. PC um, Tony? No, um, that other guy. He never comes on the show anymore. Um, he talks too much. Oh, uh, Christopher Platt. DPP. That's his name. Oh, sorry. No, did, no, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Uh, we're talking about Platt. Uh, Don't agree, anyway, guys. Content creators. This is a big. This is a big. Uh, this is this is very important to content creators. Uh, as this goes and content producers. So that's why it was my number one story of the year. You know, it's kind of ironic. I thought as you're talking is, don't you think this, <laughs> the strike and as, as impactful as it was actually kind of combines with the other story that Ray and I talked about and Marvel may actually benefit from that because we, they need a break in these movies to get, and they need a break and all this stuff to get their shit together. The strike is going to push everything out except for one movie to 2025 and i'm wondering marvel uh, the mcu might actually in a very roundabout sort of way benefit from this situation with the strike we have talked about how this is an opportunity to recalibrate for marvel now whether or not they actually take advantage of that opportunity or not we'll have to see but it it could be an opportunity for marvel to reset and figure its shit out because yeah they pushed everything back and yeah it, it just may be necessary and actually, I think it kind of is necessary. I just hope that the uh, the opportunity of time pays off for them and, and doesn't 
lead to a continued lack of interest from the public. Because that's the thing is at the end of the day, rightfully or wrongfully, like I think the Marvels has been the most maligned, unfairly maligned film that Marvel's ever released. And I, and I think that it has been scapegoated in a myriad of ways as, as bad from Marvel shitting all over its director, throwing them under the bus and then backing it up and driving overnight Acosta as if she was the reason that she couldn't do reshoots as if it was not their fucking fault. Um, whether it's review bombers, whether it's, you know, audience fatigue, whether it's intentional, like very poor reviews that didn't make a lot of sense as to why they said they were poor all the way to horrible marketing. Like they marketed this film so poorly. Marvel needs to figure it out and it needs to figure it out fast. So maybe we'll see. Mm. All right. Well, there you have it, everyone. That is this year's edition of the nerdies. Well done, everyone. Excellent choices. I hope you guys pick some of these films, check out some of these performances, whether it's one you've already seen or one you're thinking about seeing, or maybe it's something you just heard about today from our show. Lots of good stuff out there. And I was very excited to share before we get out of here, fellas, I do want to ask the question, though, what you watching? And since Dave tried to spoil it at the very beginning of the damn program, Dave, what you watching? Well, obviously Barbie, I watch Barbie. Again, yeah. On a uh, daily basis. No, He's just kin. I actually, did, and I've talked to Ray about this. I, over the holidays, I got a chance to catch up on on a couple of movies that I'd been meaning to watch for a while and just hadn't. You know, um, One of them was Nope. I finally got to see Nope, which I greatly enjoyed. And uh, the other one, like, I, and I don't know, Pat, you're going to be uh, appalled at me for this, but I went and watched Willow the other day, and I honestly cannot remember watching this previously. <laughs> it's like I'm watching this, like, I don't remember. Really? I don't remember any oh. of this stuff. Oh. Willow, off good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, didn't they take movie. it off of Disney Plus? No, they took the series no, it's on. The, no, they took the, it took this, they canceled the series, and I think they took it off of Disney yeah, Plus. Yeah, you sure. can't, and it haven't come back anywhere. Um, Yeah, Willow was pretty good. I mean, I, I kind of would be interested in the series. It wasn't matched up against a lot of the other stuff coming out during that time frame. Um, you know, I mean, it definitely a, more of a movie directed towards the kids. But Val Kilmer, man, oh yeah, Mad Mardigan, he was he stole the show. But um, that's that Willow series was better than it had any right to be. Like it really was. Yes, like I enjoyed it very, know, very. We much. will never know. I mean, so. I, mean I know, but I, it, I but it was Bad Girl. Yeah. It's, they're both going to show up as a, hey, a double feature somewhere. At least, at least Willow got released. Like that's that's, that's, that's that season did get released. I watched it. it. Ended on a huge cliffhanger though. So, well, guess we'll see what happens there. Somebody will pick uh, it up. And Ray Cash. And I've been what watching you, What oh, What If as well. Continuing to watch What mm. If, which is really good. Very nice. Yeah, Ray, what you watching, bud? Sticking with Disney Plus, me and uh, the mini me binge watched the first ep- first, four ep- first four episodes of the new. Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Oh, uh, we've been watching them as they release because the little O'Dowd reads those books. He isn't. He has been watching it from the get go. He's having a lot of fun. Is it good? Well, all the kids have been all the kids have been gone since since yeah. before Christmas. So this is the first chance we had gotcha. to do it. It is. She she I kind of surprised her with it. I was like, sit down, we're gonna watch this. She was like, okay. When we had a blast, like she was so mad that there wasn't a fifth episode to catch up on. Like it hey, is. Hey, Adam, Adam Copeland makes his he makes his appearance in this week's episode. I figured that it was going to be this had to be the one. And also, he's, hey, uh, he's Aries, God of War. Hey, I figured he'd be Aries. And hey, uh, Ryan Reynolds' son, because he's Ryan Reynolds' son apparently to me now. Like no matter what Walker Scoble does, he's Ryan Reynolds' kid. That's 
Yeah. Yeah. Or can act. That kid is good, bro. That kid is. Oh yeah. We're, we're having a lot of fun watching this series. Uh, both the little O'Dowd and the Mrs. O'Dowd have read those books on more than one occasion. They're, they're very, very good books. Uh, and you know, deeply steeped in, in Greek mythology. And mm-hmm. it's what's cool about Rick Reardon is that he has written multiple series with the, with, that are steeped in various mythologies. Like he has one that's steeped in Egyptian mythology, one that's steeped in Norse mythology. Uh, he goes, he follows the Roman pantheon of gods as well. It's really, really good stuff. So uh, yeah, I, I've enjoyed watching that with a little doubt since yeah. that series debuted. I, and I appreciated the mythology part of it because I was like, well, you can't, you gotta do good in history now. Cause I'm teaching you all this stuff while you're watching. Right. Tony, what you watching, bud? Uh, I got, I got a few things for you. Dave Chappelle's got a new stand up out on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dreamer it's just as good as everything else. I think he officially moves into my favorite uh, number one comedian of all time. Uh, the, 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 uh, the wonderful story of Henry sugar with Ben Kingsley and, um, uh, Dr. Strange, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is a very funny, uh, short, uh, film. Uh, it's like 45 it's on minutes. It's a Roald Dahl novel or a Roald, yes. Roald Dahl story. Exactly. And it is, it is very fun and kitschy and well done. Um, and then on the food side, I finished watching chef's table pizza, uh, it goes around the country, six different pizza chefs that are critically acclaimed, and, and it's really fun watch. In addition to uh, You Are What You Eat, this is a fun series because this goes uh, to explore the difference between a vegan diet and an omnivorous diet. And you would wonder, how can you equally measure that with two different people? Well, they they picked four different sets of identical twins to test this on, um, and it's episodic. And it's really informative and and a fun watch. So uh, these are all on Netflix. So Dave Chappelle, The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar, Chef's Table Pizza, and You Are What You Eat. Excellent. Well, as I mentioned, I too am watching Percy Jackson and the Olympians with a little O'Dowd. I uh, am almost finished. I I have binge watched over, actually over the last two days leading into this recording, I've watched eight of the ten episodes of Monarch, Legacy of Monsters, on Apple TV Plus. Uh, I'm not a particularly big fan of the legendary Godzilla storyline. What I will say about Monarch that's really, really good is that whether or not you like the story they're telling, this series is the the lore that the movies need. It really it fills in so many gaps and tell and sort of is this is this connective tissue series. Kurt Russell's in it. He's pretty good. It's a lot of fun. Uh, my so, only complaint. Yeah. Was, it is it is a scripted series. Yeah, it's a ten episode okay. scripted series. I couldn't uh, figure that, out if it was scripted or if it was a documentary on like kaiju and stuff like that. Okay. No, 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 no. It is definitely like Kurt Russell is. Uh, it's actually neat because Kurt Russell and Wyatt Russell play the same character at different time periods. Wyatt Russell gets to play young Kurt Russell, which works because that's his kid. Uh, while Kurt Russell plays an older version of himself, of, of his character. Uh, in the quote-unquote present. Uh, it is a series that actually uh, spans from like the early 1950s into, in the legendary film timeline, 2014, which is when Godzilla attacks San Francisco in the legendary Godzilla movie. And sort of the, uh, and goes a couple years after that before we get to uh, like Godzilla versus Kong, whatever that, or, you know, whatever the next Oh, so it connects all of, of like, together. Yeah, 
Like it's it's about oh. the origin and the history of Monarch and the people that were searching for these kaiju and and all that. Again, it's it's it it gives the lore of the legendary films, which at least makes them make some more goddamn sense. Which is one of, is one of my big problems with watching the the legendary films is that uh, the they they don't always make any goddamn sense. And then in terms of movies, yes, I too watched Barbie. I rewatched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem since the last time we got together. I watched uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse in the last time we got together. And I finally saw Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And I got to say, fellas, not as bad as I was afraid it was going to be and Agreed. kind of a fitting end to the Indiana Jones films. Um, I, I went, you know what? I went home with a happy ending. I was happy when it was all said and done. And that's all I needed. So that uh that is what i've been watching and thank you everyone for sharing what you've been watching and thank you noble listener to joining us again for this year 2024 hearing the back half of the nerdies excited for what's to come next week we get back into our regular routine and we are covering a show some of us have already watched us watched it some of us have not watched any of it any of it yet but next week We are going to watch our first episode of season two of Invincible here. We're going to cover it on the program. So I'm very excited about that. Amazon Prime subscriptions unite Invincible season two, episode one. Yes, Ray Cash. Hey, Seth Rogen, you got four weeks, big dog, to release the new season so we can get back on point. Because I ain't trying to take another one of these these unnecessary breaks on uh, reviewing shows. Let's get all eight episodes out the way. Release the other four so we can be done and get it out the way. Because that, all right, that you heard it, works. Mr. Rogan. He's a big listener to Bandwagon Nerds. He, oh, I, yeah, I hear yeah. he listens to the show. So. Me and Seth, we text uh, all the time. Cool. Well, thank you guys for joining us uh, on this panel. Before we get out of here, let's do a quick once around. Tell everybody where they can find you on the Chairshot Radio Network and on the socials. This week, we will speak with the returning Reverend Raymond A.S. Cashington Esquire, the 786,922nd. Of the cashing, added a couple. That's cool. I feel like you changed yeah. that in the midst of the show, dude. I, I fuck off, man. That's a hard fucking number to remember every time. I'm usually you tell good. I have to live them. I have to live all of them. All right, well, um, live, live your truth. Uh, you can find me on Reddit at reddit.com/slash it's Ray Cash R O I S and Mysterio C A S H S and dollars. I'm joking. I'm not there on Reddit. Reddit, but I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna big up the other website. Um, but yeah, hey, it's good to be back. I missed you, gentlemen. Yeah, good to talk some uh, nerd stuff. Missed you too, PC Tunny. Continue to listen to everything Chairshot Radio Network. You can find that on all of your favorite streaming platforms, and uh, you can find me at PC Tunny. Mr. David Ungar. You can find me on the Twix at Attitude Ag. That is at Attitude A-G-G, Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. Attitude of Aggression, all one word at threads and Instagram. No hate tweets this week because this episode was immaculate. So, In fact, immaculate. we love you tweets. We love you, DPP. Yeah. yeah, if you have hate tweets, go fuck yourself. There you go. Um, send them to add chair shot, Greg. And <laughs> yes. if you... I don't even think that's his handle anymore. I don't know what it is anymore. I don't even care. Uh, you can follow me on the X Twitter at Wrestling Realist. That is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. That is the same handle on Instagram and threads. You can follow me there as well. Also, be sure to follow Bandwagon Nerds at Bandwagon Nerds on the X Twitter. Record setting poll, Dave. Tons of oh. responses for, for asking people what the best Rocky movie was. Very uh, Rocky won. 
Rocky, Rocky, the original Rocky wins uh, with a 38.5% vote victory out of the 52 votes. So we doubled our listeners from week to week. I guess we should stick with films like that in our polls. Anyway, be sure to follow us for other news items, polls, fun stuff, all there. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Now get yourself out of this, uh, out of the basement. Get some sun. If you're out here in the Northeast, go shovel some snow because there's a ton of it. You've been listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com. It's all right. You're with me. Take it slow. The drugs are still wearing off. I was with the fireflies and then... What drugs? They were running some tests on you. And some others. Turns out there's a whole lot more like you. People that are immune. Dozens of them. The doctors, they couldn't make any of it work. They've actually... They've stopped looking for a cure. Where are my clothes? Raiders attacked the hospital. I barely got you out of there. We'll find you some new ones on the way. Are people hurt? Yes. Is Marlene okay? I'm taking this home. Just come after her. Okay, come on. Hey, what's wrong? I'm not pretty anymore. What? You're so pretty. I'm not stereotypical Barbie 
pretty. Note to the filmmakers, Margot Robbie is the wrong person to cast if you want to make this point. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.